your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thanks for making Locked On Canadians your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. This is episode 474, and it is a special episode because the Montreal Canadiens not only won a game, they did so by scoring more than one goal in said game. It is truly the end times and an absolute miracle. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Mell. And as always, I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba, who, along with our guest hosts of last week, Kyle Demetrius and Ian Boisvert, kept Locked On Canadians in your ears every single day. And I want to say thank you so much for allowing me to disappear into the hills of Vermont for a week to do nothing but drink whiskey and beer and stare at pretty things. Laura, how are we feeling after a Canadian's victory for once? Well, you said a few words that I'm not sure I understand what they mean. You said something like victory and win and goals. I don't know what any of those things are. You you were there. How do you not like you <laughs> witnessed the actual I victory? I literally witnessed it. I did. I did. No, it was it was it was great. It was refreshing to see. Uh and it's it's you know, the thing the way that the Canadians played against Detroit is the way that we assumed they would be all season long except that Detroit's a bad team and sometimes they were going to encounter good teams. So we did think that there was going to be a lot of scoring, but we also knew that there were going to be a lot of goals allowed. That's just not the way that it's played out for games one through five. And now against Detroit, obviously it looks like a blowout because Detroit isn't a great team, but, you know, assuming that they were playing better teams, like we were expecting something like, you know, five, six goals a night per team. And, it, and those are, those are the, those are going to be the fun run and gun games that we're going to see. That's what we thought all along. And I'm glad to see that it's possible. I just want to see what it looks like against a better team. I think we're going to talk about this, obviously, uh, coming up, but I think the next few games are going to be a test. I just don't want to discount how big this must be for their confidence, uh, especially for, you know, guys like Perot, Caulfield, that line there uh, that needed to get going. And obviously Jonathan Durant keeps lighting it up and, and and he's on fire and all of that. But I also like there are some really funny things where Ben Sherrod scored a goal and then he didn't take it away by taking a stupid penalty and then getting scored on right away. So to me, that was like there were so many elements of this game that were far better than we've seen generally. And I just really am relieved for the team. Obviously, people people are trying to discount this saying Detroit is bad, Detroit is bad. And it's like well, the thing is, the Canadians needed a win. They needed something to come together that they could build on. And this was it. It happened to be against Detroit. It happened to be against a bad team. And hopefully they're able to at least replicate that scoring against teams that are better than Detroit. And, and the funny part about Ben Sherratt is he did immediately take a penalty to start the game. And then Detroit scored seven seconds in on the power play. And my only thought was, are we really going to do this again 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 guys like come on and then and then he he scored an honest to god goal and then it just took off from there mike hoffman scored a beautiful goal christian dvorak they got a little bit of luck the game just kind of turned on a dime the minute that mike hoffman scored 
you you could see the Montreal Canadiens kind of flip a switch in their head. And we're going to talk a little bit about what they were doing differently in our next segment, but the team itself played more confidently and they got a lucky bounce admittedly off of the skate of Mark Stahl to give Christian Dvorak his first goal in a Habs uniform. And then you had a natural hat trick from Matthew Perot. Jake Allen was outstanding. I know that it was a 6-1 game, but Jake Allen had to be great for parts of it to still keep that score line, you know, the way that it was. And he deserves a lot of credit. And even some of the unheralded guys, Brett Kulak was very good again. Sammy Niku had two assists every little thing that could have fallen into place for them in this game did. And I'm not counting on a Matthew Perot or Sammy Niku to put up multi-point games every single night, but if they can kind of keep that momentum rolling and take some of the pressure off of other teams, I wrote an article for eyes on the prize that it's like Matthew Perot was great against Detroit. Yeah. He's not playing like super elite talent, but what he was matched up against, he dominated on the puck. And if you have a team that's got to think about Nick Suzuki and then Dvorak and then Perot and then whomever, they got to they kind of got to divide their force there a little bit it was an all-around positive like i'm finding very little things to be annoyed with the power play is still a bit rough in spots but they did score a power play goal so i'm going to give them that the penalty kill had a rough start it's there's things to still work on but this is a this is a building block kind of game i feel like yes absolutely and there was something about how stressed out they were getting, how nervous they were getting. We talked about it in multiple games or in multiple recaps. They're gripping the skips, the sticks a little too tight. They're making decisions that are leading to mistake, mistakes. And it's all because they're trying so desperately to get something going that they're overdoing it and overthinking it. Kind of like how I'm overthinking what I'm saying right now and making mistakes as you can hear me talk. Uh, it's very much like that. So at least this will this will have hopefully uh, opened the floodgates to more scoring. That's that's I think I think the thing is they've always known that their defense was going to be lacking without Shea Weber. I think they've always known that their defensive game as a whole with Philippe Dano gone was going to be suffering. I think they've always also known that they don't have their world-class goaltender uh, in net right now. It, that's something that they know, but scoring was something that I'm sure that we weren't the only ones expecting from them. I think they were also expecting it from themselves. And the fact that it didn't come kind of compounded the pressure. So I hope that at least this will make them a little bit uh, realize that they can play a little bit more cohesively, that they are able to get things together. They are able to have chemistry with each other and they are able to make things happen. And there's some points that happen, you know, like I was very excited for Cole Caulfield to get a point. Because now, you know, they can he can build on that as well. Like, you don't want to destroy somebody's rookie season and ruin his confidence because his confidence is one of his greatest assets. So that's, the, like, for me, like, this game psychologically was a good thing. And it's like, people, like, just ignore the fact that it was against a team that we know is going to be, you know, competing for the lottery again. I just truly think that this is just, like, something that they have to think about. They, they have to build on. They have to use it to their advantage. And you're exactly right, is build on this. It's not going to be an easy trip coming up. And in our next segment, uh, I, Laura was actually at this game. So I want to talk a little bit about the atmosphere from what I found coming through my you know laptop watching it and what it was like at the actual arena itself and just why the Canadians were able to do what they did. We've got all that and so much more coming up next. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Again, thank you so much for making us at Locked On Canadians your first listen every day. As always, we are free and available on every podcasting platform. Okay, so Laura, I'm extremely jealous because I never get to see the Canadians win at literally anything at any level when I go to see them play. The Bell Center sounded so electric. The minute that third goal went in for Christian Dvorak, that building just swelled with energy. It was loud. It was raucous. You could hear the wave going around the arena. They olayed. They said goodbye to the Red Wings. They chanted Matthew Perot's name. It it felt like the Bell Center kind of you know came back a bit. We haven't seen a full building with a reason to cheer in quite a while, and this was their first big moment. What was it like? Like, it seemed like it was a hell of a time. I, yes. So if you were listening last week, which of course you were, because we're your first listen of the day. And why wouldn't you? You will know that I talked a little bit about how the atmosphere, like the Bell Center game presentation were doing, like the game ops were doing a great job, despite the fact that they weren't really filling the arena. You know, it's just post-COVID. Uh, also, the the government didn't allow them to fill full seats until like about a week before the season started. Um, and so they had very short notice. And so, you know, slowly and obviously having um, lost... Uh, you know, lost those games prior to arriving in Montreal, there was a little bit. And plus like that home opener was a loss as well. People weren't really inspired to go, but the game ops were doing a great job and you could still hear the noise and you could still hear excitement. And then you could hear, you could hear the, the, the referees being booed. And then you could hear the Habs being booed off the ice. Like twice I went to the game and the Canadians literally got booed off the ice. And then against the Red Wings, first of all, it was a Saturday night. So there were more people at the game. Like right now the Canadians are not selling out. I think they might've sold out the home opener but they're not selling. it's like 18,000 16,000 the first game like there's been like it hasn't been back to full capacity yet but they do expect it to become more normal it's just that there's just been a short turnaround time between the time the government allowed them to sell all the seats and and people actually buying them but you can see gradually each game has more and more people um and so against Detroit I will say I went I went with uh, some Red Wings fans or a Red Wings fan a Senators fan cheering for the Red Wings because his wife is the Red Wings fan. And then their friend who was cheering for the Red Wings for them. And then me, the Habs fan. Um, And uh, we were sitting in the nosebleeds. The arena was pretty full. And honestly, I think people were just so when it's exactly like you said, watching from home, you saw Ben take a penalty. You saw Dylan Larkin score a goal. And it was a nice goal too. And you're like, here we go again, literally here we go again. And then, so then the Canadian score goal, And then they score another goal and people were just having a hard time kind of, you know, they didn't want to get too excited. They're like, we've seen this film before. We know what happens. And then the third goal happens and people start freaking out. And then the more goal, like at some point, like the, the atmosphere that you remember came back. 
all the things that people hate us for, like the Ole chant, like, you know, like the wave is another thing where it depends. Like a lot of people, I think, just really hate the wave. But the fact that the game was going so well, the fact that we were all together again after two years of not going to hockey games or two seasons or of almost two years of not going to hockey games, like like the wave went around the building like eight times. Like you never see that. Usually you see it go around once and then everybody's just like, ah, whatever. It literally just kept going and going and going. And I'm not a person who like enjoys the wave. I don't really care. So I, I wasn't really, but everybody was getting into it. And then they were singing the the goodbye song, like with five minutes to go, which always to me, I'm like, that's always really dangerous. But that was at, at that point, I think it was, it was three minutes ago, four minutes ago when they pulled the goalie and then uh, Perro sc- sc- scored the uh, empty net goal. And that was something to see. First of all, his first goal was something like, you know, the, the, the arena, like I was watching him, he was smiling. It was his first goal in a Canadian's uniform and his hometown crowd. I just, I thought about like, imagine being a kid and dreaming about that. And then it happens to you. How many people can say that? How many Canadians fans that grow up to, to become NHL players actually play for the Canadians? It's not a whole lot. And then how many of them score? Not only that, they score in the building in front of their home crowd. Like that in itself, that first moment was just amazing. And then he scored another goal, obviously. Like, And then each time the cheers got louder and louder. And then he scored that third goal. And then you knew. Like there weren't that many hats thrown on the ice. But the standing ovation and the screaming was just, it was phenomenal. My, I had goosebumps just, you know, and I'm not, I'm not the kind of person I think I've, I've gotten a little bit older and a little bit cynical and I'm still a Habs fan, but I don't get caught up in moments like that as much as I used to. And I totally did. Like I got chills. I got goosebumps and the smile on his face, you could tell he was trying to be cool about it, but you can't, I mean, it's, it's, it's your child. You're realizing your childhood dream. And not only that, you end up winning the game for, you know, like after having lost so many games and like, you, you know, you feel the pressure Vols release. That was something else that like, I just, you know, they were all happy. They were happy for him. They were all like extremely happy that this was happening. And also finally when they did win and the standing ovation, like, it, like they, it was as if they had just won a playoff game. That's how much people cheered. And that's how much you can tell that, you know, people like to like poo poo things like this and be like, oh, it's just only one game. It's only one game. You're acting like they won the Stanley Cup. No, it's one game where we haven't been able to go to games for so long. We haven't been able to watch our team in person. This is something that, you know, like we're coming out of a really, really rough period in Montreal and the world. And we get to do this together again. We get to do this in such a way that like we feel was a bit safer that it's less of a risk than it used to be because like now they have the vax passports and they're very, very strict. I talked about this in last week's episode. They're very, very strict. Like all their, like they check the, the, the vax passports in multiple places. They also won't let you take off your mask. Like if you're, if you're at your seat and drinking, like you remove your mask to take a sip and then you put it back on. Otherwise somebody will be there. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, reminding you to put it back on. So I feel like that relief was there. It wasn't just cheering of happiness. It was like a relief. And honestly, I'm just, I'm so excited that I got to be a part of that. And Jake Allen's phase at the end, finally getting a win after playing so well for so many games and not being able to win. And that in itself was with something else. And I just want to say another thing, which I feel like we're going to discuss a little bit more. I feel like Sammy Niku is like, is he the key to the Canadians? Is, 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 was that the problem all along? I, I, apparently, like, I, I guess the biggest part is now is that I'm happy to see the Bell Center 
come back to life in the way that it did in like it, they were the first Canadian team to have fans back in there. And that was huge. This, it felt alive. And I, I guess we'll talk a little bit in the third segment about, you know, what they did differently and how that matters and what they can build off of. But before we get into that, I think it's very important that we do note on this podcast that the Toronto Maple Leafs lost seven, one to like half of the Pittsburgh Penguins, AHL team in the Mark donkeyest of games ever. And if I didn't mention that on this podcast, I would have to resign as your host. But coming up, we are going to talk about the Canadians, what they did right, and what I noticed from watching on TV. Unfortunately, not from the stands, not yet anyways, and everything else. And that's coming up next. Now, first, everyone who's followed this podcast for as long as we've been recording knows how much we love Built Bar. And I got to say, I took some with me on our hiking excursions this weekend up in the Adirondacks. We climbed a 2,700-foot peak actually climbing up literal boulders to get to the peak up there. And I got to say, Bilt Bar helped me get through that. There are so many incredible flavors that there is something for everybody. If you want fruit flavors like cherry or raspberry, they've got that. If you want dark, rich flavors like German chocolate or mint brownie, they've got that too. And if you don't know what you want, you can get a mix box where you get two of their original nine flavor, two each of their original nine flavors. And it is well worth checking out. So you can find exactly what you're looking for. They got tons of protein, low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, everything that you could possibly be looking for. And if you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So go there, find exactly what you're looking for. They have something for everyone. Put in promo code LOCKED15 at built.com and let us know what you think. So we've talked a little bit about like the fan atmosphere and everything at the game and how different it was to see the Canadians bring the Bell Center to its feet for the first time in a while. And, and I got to be honest, Laura, watching the game, I was worried after the after the Red Wings scored on the power play because it looked like more of the same. They had a really nice start and then the wheels started coming off. They were doing that speed wobble where it's either they're either going to right the ship or we're going to have a flaming dumpster fire running down St. Catharines after the game. And they got it on track. Ben Chirot scored a goal. Then, you know, Mike Hoffman whipped in a goal. Christian Dvorak got that bounce. But you could see with each shift, the confidence was there. And I noticed so many more things. The minute that they kind of started playing with their legs underneath them, we saw a lot of what they did in the playoffs that frustrated teams. They were clogging the neutral zone. They weren't giving Detroit any space to operate. They were aggressive. And this is a team that likes to play physically. They've got guys that love to throw the body around. Romanov, Sherat, David Savard, a guy like Josh Anderson, who is a human cannonball when he's on the ice. All of them were playing in a way that makes it frustrating that you're trying to get something started. You're trying to build momentum and then boom, there's a red, white and blue jersey in front of you and you don't have the puck in the offensive zone anymore. That's what I want to see from the Canadians. If you're going to lose, you're going to lose. It happens. That's just part of hockey. But don't just roll over and die on the ice there. It's not it, – you're better than that. It's like against against Buffalo, watching it, that's what happened. In this game, even when it got bad, they kind of got their feet underneath them and went after it. They got a tough schedule coming up this week. They got four games out, out on the West Coast, everyone's favorite trip. This is the kind of thing they should build on, be like, hey, this worked. We can do this to teams like L.A., to teams like Seattle, to teams like Anaheim. Show everyone what you're made of, quite frankly. Don't don't let this be a fluke. Build on this. 
That's exactly right. It's something where, you know, the work is not done just because you were able to score a few goals. You were able to finally get a couple of power play goals in the last couple of games. The work is not done. But now you know that certain things work. You know, it's not just, and and that was a criticism that we had about their losing games is that they seem to not even, it's not even that they're throwing things at the wall and hoping one sticks. It's that they weren't trying to throw anything at the wall in the first place. So now you know that they can start this and they can take this and, and, and sort of build on it. And, and we keep saying the words build on it, but I think it's important to note that there were certain things that they did, certain positive habits that they did where they need to realize that they need to keep doing that. And that those things are not ins- insurmountable. They're fundamental things, less stretch passes to nobody, more zone entries. I saw multiple clean zone zone entries in that Detroit game that I had not seen in the previous games, you know, uh, clean exits, a good breakout, things like that, that were generating positive things like goals or, or scoring chances. There were a lot of shots that went wide of the net, but at the same time, there were a lot of shots this time. There were a lot of shot attempts this time. Those are things that you want to see. And you want to see that it's not like, you know, they, they kept talking about we have to keep playing our game, keep playing our game. But on the ice, it looked like they didn't even know what their game was. And their game is going to be speed and offense. Like their defense is going to like it's not going to magically improve all that much. But if they if they if they take that offense, if they take that speed, if they take that positive, I mean, God bless um, Jake Evans, who cannot score a goal to save his life, but he's out there trying, right? Eventually one of those is going to go in, but there's other guys who have way better hands than he does that aren't doing that. And that's, and that's the thing that you want to see, right? That's the thing that you want to see is that your skilled players are not just giving up. They're not aimlessly passing around the ice with like, you know, to the other team or just to nobody. There were so many instances in the Detroit game where there was a centering pass and there was a guy there that was not happening in the previous games. I literally kept yelling both at my TV and in person, who the F are you passing to you clown? Like I literally kept saying that I didn't have to say that in the Detroit game. And yes, again, we're going to say that Detroit wasn't good, blah, blah, blah. But this team is fast. They can outskate teams. Like the offense is fast, at least. They can outskate teams. That's something that they're able to do. Even their defensemen who are bruising or whatever, you know, Romanov is fast. Like he's a, he's a guy who's going to hit people, but he's also fast. And that's something that they, they need to remember is that you can skate circles around people before you pass. And then that way you're not passing to nobody. That way you're not dumping the puck in, which I know Ducharme loves, but you know, that way you're not just aimlessly just shooting the puck to the other team in whatever form or fashion. Like that to me was driving me crazy. Yes. There's going to be so many things that they're going to need to improve upon their, their penalty kill really needs a lot of work, but they need to take what they, what they did in this game. And they need to continue to do the things that those habits that (laughs) those habits that are like, you know, we made fun of the Leafs all or nothing, the Stanley Cup habits. Like for me, I'm like those habits that are like hockey habits. Like you should do, you should do hockey things. Yeah, it's it's the simplest thing. It's like this is the team that, hey, these are all things that you guys did in the playoffs last year. Did did you forget? Like David Savard, you played against this. You went to the Stanley Cup final and won a Stanley Cup. Like I'm hoping this is kind of like not a come to God moment, but like a moment of clarity where they're like, we're the Montreal Canadiens. We went to the Stanley Cup final. Carey Price was a big part of that. And Shea Weber was a big part of that. But 
there's still so many pieces here, and I'm hoping that some of these performances from Matthew Perot, from Sammy Niku, it 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 kind of gets them back on that track. There, they have they have the talent to really make some noise. Like, I I I. I, I I keep saying I because I, I don't know how to process a win right now. It's been so long at this point. But for me, Sammy Niku needs to stay in the lineup for right now. He's bringing exactly what this team needs. He can pass the puck. He has a great first pass, can skate on his own, good on the power play and distributing everything, had great possession numbers playing with Brett Kulak, and it's almost like Brett Kulak is really, really good at what he does, and maybe he should stay in the lineup I'm not looking forward to the West Coast trip just because every game starts at butt o'clock and the Canadians always play like butt at butt o'clock and it's terrible. And I I am very excited for later this week because we're going to talk about, before the Kraken game, them raising a 1917 Stanley Cup banner, which uh, some purists are not a fan of. I have no strong opinions on it yet, but I am willing to be swayed with internet bribes and or McChickens. So hit me up if you want me. We have a special guest. Yes, we do. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you know her. She's been on this show several times. But we will keep that under wraps until that episode is ready to release. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Laura, do we have any parting thoughts as we get ready for a victory Monday for the Montreal Canadiens? Yes, I did want to shout out two listeners. I meant to shout this listener out last week because I actually met somebody at the game. I met one of our regular listeners. She says she listens to us every day. And uh, I like I love her for that. Her name's Victoria. Hi, Victoria. And uh, I also met a friend um, who I didn't catch her name because we were standing right next to the drums. So I just wanted to say hi and thank you for also getting in touch in an extremely not creepy way, which, believe it or not, is not everybody. Um, So there was that. And then our friend David in Barcelona had a recommendation for uh, a Buffalo food um, Facebook and and, and, uh, Instagram that he wanted to share with Scott, and it is Buffalo Food Otako, A-O-T-A-K-O. So all of that stuck together. So I just wanted to say hi to David in Barcelona. As you know, I love Barcelona. Can't wait to go back there. Recommend everybody goes there. Recommend Scott and Carly. You go there. You would you would love it. Um, and 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 so that's the uh, that's the food recommendation place since you and Carly just moved to Buffalo. Um, and also to share with any of our listeners who do listen who do live in Buffalo or are visit visiting there. I love our listeners so much, and I just really wanted to shout them out. And thank you everyone so much for making Lockdown Canadians your first listen every day. Like I said, we have a very special guest coming up to preview the first ever game against the Seattle Kraken. Now be sure to make your second listen Lockdown Fantasy Hockey, where host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all podcasting platforms.